Once upon a time, two men decided if they were making the cut. And then they made the cut. And now JT and Aaron are talking everything from wrestling to pop culture and beyond. Because it's no holds barred. Will you back down, turn and run? Or stand up with the best? No holes barred, no holes barred, it's a podcast for you. No holes barred, no holes barred, it helps you when you're blue. Mm-mm-mm. I was supposed to be, I was doing Jingle Bells. You kind of oh, shit. Do you I know the jingle. second verse to Jingle Bells? Jingling Through the Snow? Well, I find it's like a funny song because we all know the dashing through the snow. Yeah. And, or so, and then we sing Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle All. And then when we get to that second verse, if you're in a group, you, about 90% of that group just kind of like fades out of the song. Mm-hmm. It's one of those. Have, yeah. Have, have you ever witnessed a cat kill a mouse? I avoid cat activity as much as possible, so no. So, I mean, we always had cats at our house, but then all the cats died. Mm-hmm. And we noticed last year that there was like, like we live in the country. So that, you know, you expect a little bit of mice, you know, right. but whatever. But then I found that there was just, you, we, we were trapping mice every other day kind of thing. Right. You know, so we got new cats. We got two kittens, right. And they've grown into, you know, I guess they're teenagers now. Killers. They're still pretty young. And they're fucking murderers. Like, mm-hmm. And it's not the murder, it's the torture. Like, this fucking cat has got this mouse. That, I, I, I'm trying to sleep. I hear this hissing. This hissing and violent, like, smashing. And I open my door, I turn the lights on, and these two cats, you'd think they were having a fucking badminton match with, like, this mouse's carcass. Like, they're swatting at each other. They're putting it in their mouths and throwing it in the air. It's it's savage. I, I've... I don't understand. These are my friends, these cats. Cats are nobody's friends. Yeah. It's all scammed by Big Cat. <laughs> the Big Cat industry is... Set you up. Fucking kill you <laughs> in your sleep. Fucking lie. It's like these people who buy snakes. Like these giant constrictor snakes. Like, that's just gonna kill you eventually, right? Snakes, snakes. I don't know no snakes. Snakes. Anyway. Oh, it's... All right, listen, we're back at our project here. We've had a little blip, but we're back at it. Yeah. Started earlier this year. We're ranking every top cat. World Wrestling Federation. Well, they'd all be tied for last. World Wrestling okay. Federation world title change. Started yeah, one, at the top with Garfield. Buddy Rogers and Bruno San Martino. Yeah. What about Battle Cat? Uh, he's up there, too. But number two is Simba, I think. Uh, yeah. uh, Socks? Is that the Clinton's cat? I don't know. I don't like cats. Stop making me talk about cats. Was was Socks complicit in the uh, blowjob at the Oval Office? Are you going to rank all the cats from the Broadway spectacular cats or just one, like, one catch all cats? Hold on. Hold on. What, which, which, ver- the movie version or? Uh, Blinko. What's that guy's name? What's the main cat? Blinko? <laughs> Isn't that his name? I, I don't know, but Alfredo. I know, I know there's a, um, there's a, a a theater cat named Gus, an old fuck. Then they sing about how he's the cat at the theater door. Oh, God. 
All right, listen. We're ranking every duty world title change in history. We started with Bruno and Buddy Rogers. We have Heath moved Cliff, all the way five. into early 1997. Uh, the last episode, we covered Shawn Michaels and Sid, their series of matches. Fringe and up. tonight, we head to In Your House Final Four from the UTC Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee, February 16th. This always, to me, felt like um, a real pivotal show in company history like it feels like like rumble kind of still felt a little bit like the old era right final four to me feels like it's an attitude era show when you watch yeah, it because look people have stopped smiling yes they're the, the smiles are gone and now it's just aggression and everyone's gray yes it's not ruthless yet no it's just aggressive and gray um, but. yes, I would agree. This is a very different show. Even like, as I was flipping through it, I made sure to watch all the promos, but even seeing like Hunter Hearst Helmsley come out, mm-hmm. even he looks different in this show. Like, he's, yeah, like he's his next level, next level of his character is kind of, uh, on display here. Agreed. I really feel like in that month between rumble and here is when they start to kind of edge more and more toward that attitude feel. Right. Part of it's raw um changing format you know it's around this time it hadn't happened fully yet but they were going two hours it was a little more fresh feeling um you had all the chaos on the top of the card had we had the ecw raw yet so no but we did uh the next night after this which we'll be talking about a future episode the next night on this is when Heyman calls in and gets into it with lawler on the phone oh yeah okay and then I think the week after that is the ECW Raw. Because okay. he says, I'll see you next week in the Manhattan Center or whatever. Um, and we did cover that Raw in Extreme Throughway Dance every other Thursday here on North South Connection. Uh, as we were now, we're now into the summer of 97. But when we covered February, we included that Raw that had all the guys on it. Oh, smart. A show you've covered that I've actually seen. Yes. There you go. Yeah, we felt it was very, it was almost like an ECW show. And that, that, Storyline is a big piece of ECW TV, actually, like the whole WF invasion and Rob Van Dam and all that. So right. um, it was worth, we thought, including easily. No, it makes total sense. You guys also talk about the uh, invasion they do at uh, Mind Games? So we didn't cover Mind Games, but we did on ECW TV, they showed stills of it. So we covered what happened during that one in fall of 96. I see, and I want everybody listening to know I'm not listen. I'm not not listening out of spite of these co-hosts. I love mm. these people. I just mm. haven't watched it, and I don't want to get it spoiled. Right. Well, start watching, and you can listen to the beginning. But then I can't be spiteful. <sighs> all right, let's talk about the, the main of. Uh, yes. Do you think the Thundercats should all be ranked as one group? Yes. Let's talk about the main event of the show we just went over in your house. Let's talk for. Let's talk about the promos leading up to it, though, too. Because well, let's talk I about think... the builds. Let's talk about the builds. Oh, yes. Okay. We'll talk about the builds. Go ahead. All right. So this, this match we're about to talk about, Vader, Undertaker, Steve Austin, Bret Hart, is for the world title that was vacated when Shawn Michaels lost his smile on Thursday, Raw Thursday, mm-hmm. just a few days before this show. So originally, this was not meant to be for the world title. Sid was well, supposed to take on Shawn Michaels on right. Thursday, Raw Thursday. And then the winner of this was supposed to earn a title shot at WrestleMania. Oh, so this was like Rumble Part 2 for them. Yeah, because if you recall, Steve Austin uh, was eliminated from the Rumble but still won. So 
So what they did was they took the three guys that he eliminated illegally yeah. and gave them a reset chance here. And I love that, like, this match is based entirely on the injustice uh, mm-hmm. of, the, of the Rumble. So much so that the rules of the match are set up like a mini Rumble. Yes. Yeah. The, basically what they're doing is they're resetting the end of the Rumble. Now, is it is it unfair, though, that they give Austin a shot at this? Yeah, I don't remember the exact bill as well. I'm guessing he probably bullied his way into being included. This might, right. Because, I mean, they, he technically did win the Rumble. So they don't strip him of winning the Rumble. Right. They strip him of the title shot because of the way he won. Right. So I think they say, well, you know, you did win. You are the Rumble winner, so you should be included. Maybe something along those lines. <laughs> Even though you know. cheated and were eliminated. And, and we acknowledge that you did these things so yes. much so that we're organizing this match to fix <laughs> the injustice. Well, part of that is because Bret Hart walks out. The next night on Raw, he quits. Right. Uh, well, and, and Gorilla brings but, it back and, and gives him this chance. But doesn't including him defeat the whole purpose of the, like, mm. of the make good? It'll be interesting <laughs> to watch those Raws as Chad and I get there um, on Wrestling Warzone, that alternate to the street that we dance every Thursday. We're in November of 96, but it'll be interesting to see kind of how we get to that point. Like, shouldn't it be uh, Diesel? No. Because he gets eliminated by Brett, right? Correct. That's always, but, I think that's one of those, like, who drove the Hummer or who raised the briefcase things where there is an answer, you know, people don't want to admit it. Um, oh, yeah. Well, there's an answer, but Stone Cold Steve Austin was also eliminated by Brett. Right. But he won. So I think they say, okay, well, you won. We'll put you in, even though you shouldn't have. It was, it was, it was official because the ref missed it. So. Right. It's but like, no, Diesel, it's, it's, Diesel was not eliminated by Austin. He was gone either way legally. So he does not get in this match. It's bullshit. It's like when like uh, people do polls and Siamese cats win the top cat. So Sean vacates the title. Yeah. And they say, okay, the winner of this will now be world champion. And Sid will get his title match on the next night on Raw. So. And why does Sid get a title match? He was supposed to fight Sean on Thursday Raw Thursday. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't even know why he had that rematch. He gets well. He was a world champion. Gets this rematch. Ugh, I hate that. I never like that the no. rematch clause. Well, she gets some better lawyers in there. Randy Savage never got a rematch. <laughs> Many five. Yeah, he did. Uh, about thirty million fucking house shows in the, in the uh, spring. <laughs> Not the same. All right. So. All right. So go ahead. Talk about your rematch promo. So, okay, so that's the that's the bill to this point. What I love is that we get these quick little it, it, like promos backstage mm-hmm. for uh, for three of the guys. Now, Doc Hendricks with Stone Cold Steve Austin really fucking pushing his luck with Steve Austin. Like he basically says, does it bother you? You don't have a clear cut victories against the other f- three guys. <laughs> and like, I just feel that this is like he's really on thin ice here. And I can't believe yeah. he doesn't catch a beating for this, mm-hmm. like especially with who he's dealing with. But Austin, and Austin just, is super revved up at this point, too. He is, oh, he is an angry man. Yeah, like, bottom line, he's going to win. That's all we get out of him. Then we cut to Vader and Paul Bearer. Uh, I, does this pairing still seem strange to you? Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, they were just trying to enhance Bearer's... Stable. Stable, I guess, and... I think it's you know. because, like, if it was, like... 
if it was like not later 97, Paul Bearer, when he's like, ah, the f- I'm the fat man. If it, if, right. I feel like that would be fine. But it's just he's still dressed like the mortician right. and carrying the urn. And Vader says something. He goes, oh, Steve Austin, the gator butt, canary mouth. What the <laughs> fuck is he talking about? I don't know. Uh, um, the Vader, I guess if you look at it, like Bearer is kind of like a main event level manager probably more i mean Cornette had been through most of 96 but i guess it makes sense because he's been with taker he's been with mankind who've been a main event so if you're trying to rehab vader as a main event guy there's like worse managers to put him with than that at that level yeah yeah you could do worse it's more the the not right changing of the look yeah yeah of um vader just goes out and says the other guy's catchphrases paul rants and raves Vader ends with, it's Vader time. But as he says it in the background, you hear, yes, which I find is such a weird punctuation for Vader. And then we get the Undertaker and Doc Hendricks is like super respectful, like the opposite of Steve Austin. <laughs> but he, Doc then quotes the Undertaker. He says, uh, I forget the quote, but he, he quotes Quote Undertaker. Undertaker, nevermore. Well, he, he says something, he goes, Undertaker, you once said, and then says this. And then Undertaker goes, truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> Don't say that for your own quote. Like, But he goes, Undertaker goes, by hook or by crook, um, I'm going to win. That doesn't sound like something the Undertaker should say. Right. Hook or by crook. And then he goes, Vader, I have a score to settle with you. It's not when and it's not how. What the fuck is it then? Where? Yeah, where tonight. we know tonight, I guess. Um, and surprisingly, to start this off, no promo from Bret Hart. I was a little surprised. At Did he have one earlier in the night? Maybe it's coming. Oh right, right, it. yes, yes, it's coming. You're right. Yep. We got Monsoon in the ring with the belt. Uh, it's weird to see him holding that belt. Strange. Um, there's a, Vader comes out first. There's a hot chick in a green top. Really mad at him. I don't know why. And is it strange to you? To hear that Stone Cold Steve Austin music without the massive pop. Mm. It, I feel like it's in there here and there at this point, but it's definitely not sustained until later in the year. Yeah, no, it's not even bad. I mean, for a heel, he gets a good reaction, but it's just you're so used to hearing that right. glass break. Massive, yeah. I guess maybe we're just all conditioned for like that that um, Mankind title win where everybody loses their minds. Right. But no, I mean, it's true. Like anytime he's come out, I would say by the end of 97, it's there. And it's consistently yeah. there. Yeah. And I love how even it's just Austin and Vader in the ring. And they're basically just standing there giving each other the middle finger. <laughs> yeah. Screaming. Um, I was surprised, too, that The Undertaker doesn't get the final entrance of the four. Mm. A little foreshadowing, maybe. And then then here we get your good buddy, Kevin Kelly, uh, standing with the guy they describe as the living legend himself. Brett, the Larry Zabisco. Oh, is there? Yes. Oh man, how much better would this match be with Larry Zabisco? Would have been a lot, a lot slower, that's for sure. And I love how Brett is like super. He's like, he's like, do you think you're gonna have any trouble? He's like, no. <laughs> he's just super casual, and he goes, "May the best man win, me." And he's pretty the- confident. You could. It seemed like they were already starting to sow some seeds. Uh, here of a potential heel turn. I, I don't know when they officially decided it was gonna happen, but. You know, the night after the Rumble, he's whining, and they're kind of calling him out a little bit for whining and quitting again and walking out and all this stuff. And it feels like they're already starting to plant some subtle seeds here by 
yeah. Swaying up his confidence a bit more than normal. Yeah. I, I, it was so arrogant. Like I couldn't, I couldn't quite get over it. Mm-hmm. And as we're about to lead up to the match, Jim Ross declares that this is the greatest feeling he's ever had in his life. <laughs> he's like, I've been to game seven of the world series. I've been to WrestleMania. I'm like the hyperbole has got to stop at some point. I get this is an important match, but Correct. Jesus Christ, Jim, you weren't this happy when you married Jan or whatever the fuck her name is. I don't know if they were married yet. Um, he must be excited though, because like, this is a rare shot of him calling a pay-per-view without Vince right now. Cause it's been the three, the three of them for a bit. Uh, so I don't know why Vince isn't at this one, but yeah, JR gets the main call without like Vince glaring at him from the other side of the table. Yeah. He's kind of been the color guy. I mean, they did the heel JR thing, right? Then he was, you know, he's the third man in the booth, but this is, this isn't the norm at this point. Actually, I think it may be, I don't know who the pairing was for beware of dog Two. I know JR was with someone that night, but this may be the first JR King solo pay-per-view outing. Hmm. And then Vince is back. He does pretty much all in 97 until bad blood. And then it's full on JR King from there. Right. Until the stroke or whatever. Well, this stroke. Oh yeah. We get Michael Cole. Stroke um, slap nuts. Slap nuts. Um, I love at the start of the match, how the monsters pair off and yes. the, uh, and the wrestlers pair off. Yep. And it's, cool. it's a great slugfest. Like, they're all yeah. throwing bombs right away. And I thought Jared did a good job. He hypes up how dangerous the format is with, like, these four madmen just, like, thrown down. And anyone could take you out at any time right now. So it's, you know, he gets that over right away. There's a lot of potential violence in here. Yeah, that being said, he, he's like, no one will know where the attacks come from. Like, he's he's talking up the danger as though the rumble didn't happen, like, three weeks before. Maybe this is more concentrated with megastars i don't know but i guess um love the belly to belly uh by vader Mm -hmm. uh on taker yeah he's so aggressive out of the gate which is really cool this feels like a little bit of a rebirth for him uh during the stretch because he he was kind of lost in the shuffle by the end of 96 but there's injuries or whatever else happened but starting at the rumble he's got that really good match with vader uh with taker there yeah you know shows up in the rumble and then here like he definitely feels like he's kind of getting back on track finally He's got a little sneaky streak of like cool rumble moments. Yeah. He's got the yeah. he's got the freak out at 96. He's got the match with Taker 97. And I love him Vader bombing Goldust with Luna on his back mm-hmm. at night where like she basically pile drives herself. Yes. Yep. Yeah, no, it's it's good and he's he's great here. Uh he tries to use a chair and I didn't realize the cut happens as early as it does. So they it's go right out- away. Yeah, they go outside. Brett and Austin are fighting in the ring. Vader and Taker outside. And Taker kicks the chair back into Vader's face. And he's bleeding right away from the eye. Like, it's... Demolishes We're, we're like eye. two minutes in. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's gushing blood. And, like, probably shouldn't be wrestling anymore at this point. No, it's bad. Actually, I'm more surprised he leaves the freaking mask on the whole time. Because yeah. the blood is, like, pooling under the mask. It had to hurt. Like, but he leaves the mask on until almost the end. <laughs> so I don't he, know. He probably felt like it was, like, keeping it all together. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it was just keeping the cut from opening more. Yeah, maybe. Uh, there's so much action in this one, though. It's, it's It actually becomes hard to take notes or call because there's just so much going on. Um, I do have to note how poorly The Undertaker takes the Stone Cold Stunner. 
He never took a good one. He always like I think because he's tall. I think tall guys struggle with it. Um, because they can't like go down as smooth. He always kind of bends the leg weird. Well, and this one he turns. He turns as though it's Rick Rude giving him the rude awakening. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't think a lot of guys. I mean, that was probably the first time he's taken it. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. I know they fought once on Raw in like July of '96, but I don't know if Austin hit the stunner. I don't remember, but it might be one of the first times he really takes it, so it might have been look, awkward. I'm look, I'm not, I'm not an expert in any way. Maybe our buddy Marcus Fuller could like inform us a bit clearer. But it feels like it, it looks like a move that's simple to take. Is that insane? Uh, yeah, yeah, you'd think so. Like, it seems like you're just falling down to your knees. Yeah, but maybe at that height, when someone's yanking on your neck, your yeah. legs are so long, it's hard to like bend your knees quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did Kane take it well? I can't remember now. Yeah, I'd have to look back. I'm trying to think of, yeah, if there's any tall guys that really took it consistently. Big Show was okay. Big Show was always like lumbering when he took it. He just kind of would bend over, though. He didn't like even go down. Yeah. I hate the Big Show. So Vader gets some fun punches in here, but then Taker's with a choke sign. That gets a big pop. And this is where I really felt like, to me, it was just a a true, like, heavyweight fight. Like, it's just big punches, chaos, the blood under the mask. Um, They switch off off partners or two. Brett goes on Taker's leg and Vader and Austin maul each other on the floor. Do you think that uh, Taker, at this point, is the best pure striker in the WWF, or is he working towards it still? Uh, well, look, Ken Shamrock's knocking on the doorstep in about a month. <laughs> yeah. It's probably going to take that over. I think Vader maybe at this point was a better, better striker. Pure? Pure striker? Yeah, pure. Yep, pure. Yeah. I think Vader's pure. Austin is outside on the floor taking backdrops like it's 2022. Yes, absurd. Um, that poor timekeeper just gets crunched oh. in the corner by him and Taker. Yeah, and then they're smashing the bell. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Austin basically tries to murder Vader with the stairs. Yes. Like Vader's on the bottom part of the stair for those who haven't watched it. And Austin picks up the top one. And as I'm watching it this time, because I, I didn't remember the match that well. And it's one of those matches I haven't seen that many times. When Austin picks up the stairs, in my head, I'm like, oh, Vader's going to move. But no, he just fucking crushes him with the stairs between yeah. the others. Yeah, Vader takes a beating in this. And he gives out a beating. It's... It's a real beatdown for him to quit the performance. Well, it's it, it actually feels like a Vader match. Yeah. Like, it, it, these are wars, right? Uh, and I think they do a really good job with the outside the ring stuff. Because I'm not usually a fan of when they have to brawl all around. Right. But because there's four of them, they do such a great job of splitting off and pairing off. So, like, I would imagine if you're in the building, even if you lose sight of one, you have the other to kind of keep you interested. Yeah, like because they are split off. Brett and Taker in the ring. Vader and Austin's out. Then Brett comes out. Him and Vader go into the crowd. Yeah. And Austin and Taker go back in the ring. So to your point, they're definitely like a lot of flip-flopping to make sure there's some consistent action everywhere at all times. Yeah. Um, it turns into like a bar brawl at ringside where all four guys are scrapping and punching, kicking. Vader's blood is just like pouring everywhere. It's gross. In the ring, Vader tries to a moonsault and the crowd is like buzzing as he's going to the top, which was awesome. Yeah. Like a, a cool vibe. Taker dodges it, um, but Vader's just a, a fucking madman. Like he takes that, and then he grabs a cable. He's choking Taker with it. Just like, just he was vicious. I, I, I think he was the MVP of this match by far. Not even I would just agree. The eye. I, I, and everything just looks like a fucking fight. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it just looks like they're fighting. We get Sid in the back acting really upset when Austin clotheslines Taker from the top rope. I don't know why. But then at least he's watching the t- – is he the first – is he the only guy to watch a TV properly in WWF history? <laughs> he's on the short list. He's actually just standing there looking at it flat on. Right. Maybe it's because he moves around so much. And it's around this point where they're on the outside that Lawler gets in a line where he goes, everybody hates Bret Hart. <laughs> this made me laugh. And I, I got to point out too, like as as good as Vader's been, like something small, he takes this Austin Luthez press mm-hmm. that looks so sloppy, but like good sloppy. Right. Like it. Like Austin, a real fight. Yeah. That's it. Like it's like Vader doesn't go down right away. You know how some people like, I guess they anticipate it. So it's like, Austin hits them and they both kind of fall together. Right. Like in this one, Austin hits him and there's that delay, like where like Vader loses his balance. Love that little detail. No, that was really good. Uh, Austin ends up being the first eliminated when him and Brett are fighting near the ropes and Brett just kind of shoves him out. And so it's Brett's revenge for the rumble. But I remember even at the time being kind of surprised that he's the first guy gone. Like you would have thought coming in a hundred percent Vader would go first just based on booking and that Austin would last. And, even though Austin was getting pushed, obviously, big time, in the moment, it did feel a little bit like, all right, are we just going to reset at Mania and just kind of go same old and not have Austin as featured? And, I mean, if Brett Sean was the plan, you start to wonder, like, where was Austin going to fit in? So, I don't know yet if they were still 100% committed to, like, a super push of him. Mm. Yes, he wins the Rumble. Um, and they're all in on him up to Saga Series. I mean, Chad and I have been covering this. It's... It, like absurd how into you know over he is and how into right. him they are uh but in the in the winter he kind of goes back it almost feels like he's sliding back down the card a little bit and even the rumble he cheats to win and you know they take his title shot away and then he just puts the other guys over here so coming out of this night you start to feel like all right what's austin's place now is he going to get deep pushed a bit heading into mania um and him going out first here for sure felt that way i remember there's yeah. always a scott keith rumor that Austin was supposed to win and, and he, that, he blew out his knee and he had to go home, which I don't believe. Well, and, and like, I was thinking about this. We'll, we'll talk about it as we go on, but like, I was thinking like of, of the possible outcomes of this match as I was watching it, like where, what the landscape looks like if any of mm-hmm. them win it. And the worst possible one is Steve Austin winning. Well, if Austin wins, he's just going to set up him and Brett for mania and that's it for the yeah. world title. But even then, it's it's I don't know. Right. It doesn't feel right, you know. Like, like I can live with all the others, especially if the move at Mania is uh, Sid Taker for the title. Yeah, I think in the long run, right? Looking back, it's great that Austin never won it before the big win at fourteen. So yeah. this could and have that, been a dodge bullet if they were heading that way, which I don't I don't think they were. Well, and that being said, as I was watching it this time too, I kept thinking like. It really, it's it's a strange move to have him thrown out first, because you'd think to like continue the storyline of the injustice that he might be he he'd last maybe till the end. Right, exactly. Like okay, well like he survived this, he survived that, you know, and then maybe Brett throws him out or whoever throws him out. Right? Yeah, this made it feel like he cheated to win, and that's the only way he could have ever won, and he can't even hang with these guys. Um, so yeah. yeah, it was surprising to me when he was the first out. Yeah, he does leave without incident at first, which mm-hmm. seems very out of character. Right. And, and it's right before he gets thrown out, too. Ross dates the show, talking about, uh, well, Sugar Ray Leonard and Hector Camacho. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, um, now, watching this back, did it make you long for, like, a 
a 20 minute main event level match between Vader and Bret Hart. Yeah, that's like the one we never really get. I think they have a match. Um, they have those like Friday night Raws in the fall. Um, or it's either August, September. It's like the U.S. Open time period around there. Uh, Brett and Vader have a match. And it's on a random Friday Raw that aired at like 11 o'clock or some shit. And it's actually pretty fun. I but bet. beyond that, I think it's their only... And then the tag at... What is it? Um, Bad Blood, oh, right? Oh, we have that. Is that the tag or the flag match? It's the tag flag, isn't it? Isn't it like right. Vader Patriot versus Brett and Bulldog? Or Bulldog. Yeah. Um, so that's it, really. So, yeah, we never really got that big one-on-one showdown. I find in this era of Brett, there's the two the two big matches that I wish we got were Brett Vader and Brett Mankind. Yeah. I think those would have been great. Like, I feel like Brett Vader would have been a better version of, like, any Vader-Sting match. Or Brett Yoko. Uh, it would have been better. That, yeah. But, I yeah. mean, like, I feel like Vader and Sting probably have some legitimately great matches. Mm-hmm. And it's not to denigrate Sting, but Sting's no Bret Hart, right? They, um, you know, Brett's injury kind of robbed us of those chances, I think, because he does right. miss a good chunk of time. Like he's out from the night after Revenge of the Taker, which is April until Stampede. I don't think he wrestles again until then. So like he loses a good three months of TV and at a time where they were ramping up raw and trying to have competitive matches, they might've thrown out a Brett Vader or, or Brett Mankind on there just right. to kill a week so yeah we definitely lose brett versus some different guys i think due to that injury um so vader finally takes the freaking mask off uh he's working brett over barrett hits take with the urn brett hits an awesome top rope superplex on vader that was so good i'm a superplex mark anyway but that one top rope with vader looked awesome and you can really see him protecting vader on it Mm mm-hmm the way he sh- he protects his neck, and that must have been hard because Vader's a big dude, right? Yeah. Surprisingly, surprising no, the ring the ring didn't break either. Yeah, they, I mean they come down hard. Like it's it's a great superplex. Yeah. Um, and yeah. right after that, Brett gets Vader in the sharpshooter, and Undertaker comes in and breaks it up, which I think feels kind of dumb. It was very dumb. I don't understand it. They even King even kind of calls him out on it. He's <laughs> kind of like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Um, it made no sense at all that he would save Vader, like just let him tap and then take on Brett. I think like, he I know, got confused. I don't know. I know you and I have watched a lot of Royal Rumbles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, is it just people go into Rumble mode? I guess like, uh, all logic goes out the window, and who can I can't let this guy eliminate this guy. It's so weird. It's like just let it be. Like, what are you doing? It's like he forgot. I was thinking it was like first fall, even though someone just got eliminated. It was was very questionable. Let Vader, let Vader tap out and then grab Bret Hart by the neck and the tights and throw him out of the ring. Yeah. It's an odd, it's an odd move. Uh, Off of that is when Austin comes back out, he attacks Bret on the floor. Vader sets up the Vader bomb, but Taker slugs him off the top and he falls out and his night is over. Oh, this is a great showing for him. Like it absolutely yeah. rehabs Vader a hundred percent, you know, Chad and I again, have kind of covered his 96, which has been a lot more down than up through the majority of it. And this felt like Vader's back. And I remember he was even on the cover. They did one of the first raw magazines or whatever, or I guess what, I think it started in 96. So it was an early raw magazine with him. It's a Vader, bloody Vader with the bloody face. Like, oh, yeah. and that felt like such a big, Come coming back reintroduction to Vader like that's like okay here's the dude we've been waiting for all this time yeah yeah uh, 
Yeah, we'll talk about Vader more. I I really, really didn't like how he got eliminated. I found that, like, I don't know if Undertaker didn't get up fast enough. But there's a point where he's still bouncing for the Vader bomb where, like, okay, there's clearly nobody there anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, the only thing you could just you could think about is like, all right, this dude's fat. He's probably tired and was looking for a break. <laughs> you know, he so can't he, see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He's got the bloody eye. It's at his periphery. So, I think of all times, and I'm with you usually with that long setup can be screwy, but yeah, I kind of was like, all right, Vader's probably gassed and blood in his eye. So it, you can forgive him maybe if he didn't notice that Taker was gone. Yeah. Does it does it pop you at all too to see Patterson and Briscoe as the voice of reason against Steve Austin? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Because they're the ones like there trying to stop them. And it's like, right. it's just, I mean, like, it, there's no way it is, but it's, it's fucking, if you think about it, it's kind of funny long-term storylines that these guys have just been trying to calm this guy down <laughs> for like, and then Mr. Mac-Man needs some help. So here we go. Right. So the ante back up. Um, so Austin's beating on Brett. Taker knocks Austin out to the floor. Taker chokes him as Brett. That gets a big pop. He loads the tombstone. He's near the ropes, but Austin pulls Brett off his shoulder because he's trying to just eliminate him himself. Yeah, I like that. Yep. So he's just desperate. He's a wild animal. Taylor, Taylor, Taker nails Austin, uh, but Brett rolls him up, and you think maybe that's it, but uh, not true because he starts hammering at Austin now. Taker knocks Austin down, but he turns and Brett clotheslines him out, which is a pretty good clothesline, um, and he wins the match in his fourth world title. I, I thought the finish was pretty good. Um, I thought they executed it well. Sid comes out after and stares at Brett to set up tomorrow night. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I thought it was a bit anticlimactic in terms of the clothesline and how they got to it. Mm. Didn't love it. Like, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I I, I kind of wish, like, for the last and In fact, I would say that the eliminations in this whole thing are probably the worst part of the match. Yeah. Do you think it should have been one fall? No. I like that they did it this way because it play, because played because played into the rumble better. Yeah, like and and that's actually one of the things I like about it all is that mm-hmm. it's like okay, well you you fought you cheated at the rumble. Now we're having this mini rumble, but it's more like like Brett just kind of powers Austin out. Right. Right. Um, Vader gets low blowed and falls out, and then this is just kind of a clothesline, right? Yep. Yeah, but the clothesline was pretty good. I mean, oh it was, yeah, yeah, it, and it's, it's been a war. Like they're pretty worn down. Yeah. Like, it feels more earned than, like, maybe a normal Rumble clothesline elimination, you know? Yeah, like, I almost wish that, like, when they were in the tombstone position, like, Austin pulled Brett out, but, like, Brett holds on and Taker falls out, you know? Like, right. Yeah, it goes like, on that. So- something along those lines. Or maybe that was the plan, and maybe that's where Austin blew out his knee. <laughs> well, Austin, again, plays into the uh, screwy finish to set up this media title match, or at least the match the next night. Uh, but this is great. It, it's it's a chaotic war. They go all out. To, to me, the pace was awesome. It never slowed up. Nope, it, was uh, it was bloody. The crowd was into it. The announcers, I thought Jaron King were really good. Everything felt important. Um, it was just an epic package all in, and it leads to more chaos the next night, and it's a mania. So this is like after multiple years of kind of a boring product, since December, We've had like pure chaos and and seven or eight legit main eventers, which you hadn't had in forever. So it made everything feel so much more exciting and new and fresh to all of a sudden have like seven or eight guys that were world title worthy. Now, allow me just to play devil's advocate with that. Was it that the seven, eight guys were worthy or was it that 
when you made a guy like Shawn Michaels champion, it made the championship more attainable. No, I just think nope. they didn't have these guys are presented in a way that they were all at once going for the title. Yeah, I mean, I love that aspect of it. Like, like, they were all on the card in 96, but they're all kind of doing their own thing. And 96 is still very much like, okay, Sean's world title contender this month is this guy. Yeah, it just kind of feels like, like, I, I, I love this era specifically for that, that, like, the championship is, like, always in peril. Anybody can win it. I, I love it. But it just feels like the history of the company seems to really be built around, all right, this is our superstar. Right. Right. And not that any of these guys are bad, but none of them are the level of this is our superstar. Like right. Hogan, like even Savage, you know, like. Um, so well, I think they're getting there to Mania to crown taker, that guy. Right. Yeah, I guess. No, I think that's the March. Because, I mean, he hasn't really gotten that chance yet. He had that one brief title reign. And since then, he's just been dealing with random monsters and attacks. Monsters. monsters that keep coming in. Yeah, so he hasn't really had the chance yet to, like, all right, like, you're the top dog. You won the World Title of Mania, and you're going to be the guy for, you know, X amount of months. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Uh, all right, you want to get into our categories? Yeah, sure. We got five categories. We're each ranking on 10, which gives us a nice round score out of 11. Uh, out of 11. Out of 100. Uh, so the first one's match quality. And um, I like this uh, a bit more than I, when I watched it for the year that was. I had it at three and three quarter stars. Um, I like this more. I bumped it up to four, which gives us a, me a score of eight for the match. I think it's great. I think it's got just a couple of little flaws that like keep it from kind of going higher. But they're small. I still think it's a great match. You know what? Nine. I probably have it between four and a quarter and four and a half. But we don't do halves for this. Um, so I just rounded up versus rounding down because I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I was planning originally to probably be around an eight, but watching it back, I really got sucked into it. And I just thought Vader was awesome. I think it's, it's Vader's best. Oh yeah. WF performance. Um, I like SummerSlam a lot with Sean, but this, this to me is more of a Vader, like you said, a Vader match. And this is easily to me his peak in his run here. Right. Yeah. Vader's one of those shame guys. Yeah. Um, I, look, I'm at a two for significance. I mean, in the end, they reverse this the next night. So it, it gives Brett a fourth title reign, which isn't a record break or anything. It's just a one-day reign for Brett. So, and that's going to probably play into Aftermath also. But I just, I love, I like that they played off the Rumble. I like that they tried something different. I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, I'm at a two for significance. In the end, doesn't really matter. I went two as well. Like you said, the only significance really is for Brett winning the title for the fourth time. And maybe you could say, you know, this being a one-time ever match. Like, there's some significance there. They've never had this match before. Oh, yeah. And they'll never have it again. So that was cool. And it does set up the next night. It sets up the path to Mania. So there's a little sprinkle of stuff in there, but it's nothing. If it didn't happen and they just gave Sid the belt on Thursday or Thursday and had a fight Brett on Raw, whatever they did, it would have been like the same, you know? Yeah. We just would have lost a, a cool match. Yeah, a cool match. And a cool moment. I'm at a six for a moment. I think the moment's really good. I think it works. Everything works really well. The crowd's excited and engaged the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like you talked about too, the commentary's on point. The pops are huge. And, um, you know, just, just a, a really cool moment too. Like very different and cool, which I think is, is often um, 
Not the case with WWF. They usually they tend to stick to a formula, and I think it's cool that they kind of branched out away from it. Yeah, I went uh, same as you. I went six as well. The moment was cool. Brett winning seemed emotional. January was his first title win since the whole Iron Man stuff. Um, the end was cool with Austin getting involved and Taker taking the big bump out. So, yeah, and Sid coming out, like everything about it felt like, all right, Brett's right back on to like another big challenge as soon as this is over tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, for the build, I'm at a five, which um, I think it's good. I, I like the Rumble build. Um, but I don't just say – I don't think it's just the Rumble. I think they've done a really – like mm-hmm. we just kind of talked about. I think they've done a really strong job at um, uh, preparing us for any one of these guys to win this match. Yeah. Like I think any outcome was possible, which, which, is, which is a good build for something. Yeah, I went six. Um, same. So you get the Rumble in there. You got Sean forfeiting. You had the four guys fighting. You had Brett quitting. Like there was a lot that went into this match to get us here, and it was it was built really well. There was a lot of anticipation for it. You know, sometimes these in your house shows at this point could have a little bit of a throwaway match, or maybe it's not a throwaway match, but the story's not much to it. But though this one this one was a pretty big deal, uh, for sure. So six for me. Yeah, and I'm at a two for aftermath. I was gonna go one. Because, you know, this ends the next night, right? And it's memorable, the one the next night, mm-hmm. sure. The reason I went to two is because I kind of factored this in. And I'm kind of interested to see, I mean, I guess you're going to tell us when you watch the Raws with Chad. But, like, if this gets brought up as one of Brett's gripes, that, like, right. he had to win this brutal match and then defend the title the next night. Uh, we'll have to look back. I don't, I don't recall it being that much of a talking point with him but who knows it's been a while since i've watched all those in detail so i just think for me it kind of all plays into like him getting screwed right which is the next big uh storyline in the company yep yep so i went i went one uh well all that said again it's still this one night yeah yeah it, it may play into that as well um but this is not a ton here. Like, like I said, for significance, it could have just not happened. And yeah. Been fine. Um, so that gives a total score of 47, which doesn't feel that high, but, no. but still good. Mm-hmm. Now, my question to you is of everything that happened in this match, did we get the right outcome and did we get the right order? So I think the outcome was right. Because if you go process elimination, right, Taker's going to win at Mania. So he's not going to win here. I think they still saw enough in Austin not to. I think it was like both ways. Like, A, they kind of weren't ready yet to have him be world champion. And B, they didn't want to do world champion and then just lose right to Sid the next night. So, like, you're not going to job him out. Which in another world, that may have just done it and said, like, fuck it, who cares? Right. I, I, so that leaves us Vader and Brett. So, like, it might have been cool to get Vader at the moment yeah, with the bloody face and then have Sid take advantage of it and beat him. Yeah. But I kind of like Brett being the guy. He's bulletproof. It gives him a title win. It pays off his bitching. But then he still gets screwed the next night. So if they are building toward that conspiracy, right. I've been screwed stuff. Like, it, it does play into it. It also sets up Austin to again get involved, right, and fuck up over to continue to heat up their feud. Um, so I, I think Vader could have been the guy. I probably would have had Austin go 
I would have Vader out first, probably, then Austin. Um, mm. I think Taker being the last guy with Brett was fine. And Austin helping worked well. So I actually think the way they did it was fine because they they stack them too late. It's not like Austin goes out five minutes in or anything. I mean, no, no. They all go out right at the end. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that. I think I would have probably like I the more as I was watching, I'm like, fuck, you know, with the way Vader's career turned out. I think it would have been cool to give him this shot since right. he's losing it the next night anyway. And, I'm, and as I was thinking about it, I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, you get even if you do something crazy, like throw the Undertaker out first. Right. Like, and then it's like, oh, my God. And then you throw Brett out and then it's down to Austin and Vader. Now, they'd never do that. But I think there's something interesting there. That, all that to be said, I think it's a really well booked match in that, like, I love the outcome we got. But you could think of all these other ones that make total sense in the context of the storyline, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the writing of this era is really very strong, yep. which is which is crazy considering this is um, an improvisation. Right. Like the, the plan is not to go to Mania with this. The plan is to go to Mania with Sean and Brett, in theory, right? Yeah, so I'm assuming Taker was going to win originally here, I would think, and face Sid at Mania. I'm pretty sure it was for the Mania title shot originally. So, oh, I see. Um, so I think Taker would have won, goes to fight Sid, and then, yeah, set up. Maybe Sean Cost gets Brett. involved somehow. Um, so it's just, it's just how do you... Oh, maybe Sean Sid... No, I think it was Thursday there. It wasn't on this show. I think they were specifically Thursday or Thursday, but either way, yeah. It's like, how do you... How do you trend? Like, I mean, I get wanting to do Sean Brett two years in a row, mm-hmm. but I, you know, now in retrospect, it's such a strange thing to say, like, well, you know, the whole year has been about Steve Austin and Brett. Right. And now we're going to jump to Sean Brett, you know, like. Yeah, I think they were going to do Austin Brett coming off of this. Like, Brett yes. wins the belt back, and then Austin's like the top guy to fight him. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, no, that's a lie. I'm sorry. Brett wasn't going to win the belt back. He was just going to get his win back. So I think it was to help precipitate Brett moving on, then fighting Austin. But it was all about Brett getting his revenge on Sean. I mean, that was the plan from the start. So Right. But ultimately, I'm glad we got what we got. Yeah, it's one of the times where it kind of worked out. <laughs> the injury stuff kind of paid yeah. off. I mean, we did a whole episode on WrestleMania 13, but I think where we landed was that, like, you get Brett Sean, you get Undertaker Sid still, and then you probably get Austin Pillman. I I mean, Pillman wasn't ready. Austin Vader, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I don't know who he was going to fight. Maybe something with, or Foley, I I don't know. Like, this is a big glut of guys, Bulldog and Owen as well, so maybe he's involved there somehow. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure where they were going with him. It's not clear, so that's why it definitely works out for the best. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I mean, I kind of, I don't want to say it was obvious. I, I kind of thought it would probably be Brett going in. I think I was rooting for Austin, but. Yeah, I think like this is a time period where like, you know, we didn't get a lot of these like quick title changes, right? Like, right. We had Backlund, but before that, there wasn't that many. No. So I don't know. Like, I, I, I want to say it's not really obvious considering like he's going to lose the next night. Right. Right. Um, but like the reason I went not really is because I really do believe anybody could have won it. In fact, I think Austin's probably the least likely. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. Want to go over our rankings? Sure. Are we doing all of them? Uh, no. Let's do our top 10. Uh, why don't we do the top 20? Okay. Otherwise, if we don't do the, if we don't do the top 10, we don't get to talk about this one. Okay. 
So, uh, so far we've done 32 for context. All right. Mm-hmm. And sitting at number 20 right now is with 44 points, Shawn Michaels versus Psycho Sid from the 97 Royal Rumble. Tied with that is Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter, WrestleMania 7, just above it. Yeah. Now, what did we say our tiebreaker was? Was it the moment or was it the match? I thought it was importance. Oh, maybe it was importance. Okay. That makes sense. Number 18 is Diesel winning from Bob Backlund at MSG in the November 94. All right. So that tells you right there. It's not about best match because that's tied with the other ones at 44. We have it in first place. So, um, all right. Uh, number 17, Hulk Hogan versus The Undertaker from this Tuesday in Texas at 45 points. Number 16, uh, with 46 points, Bret Hart defeating Ric Flair in Saskatoon. Uh, right above that is this match, Final Four, with 47 points in 15th place. So right now it's our 15th best of all time. I guess we could have done top 15. Mm-hmm. Number 14, uh, Iron Sheik defeating Bob Backlund from the December 83 Madison Square Garden show. Uh, right about that, 13, Buddy Rogers, Bruno San Martino, 51 points, May 1763. Yep, just a baseline show that we never got to <laughs> yep. match, yep. we never got to watch. Uh, number 12 is the Iron Man WrestleMania 12 with 53 points. Uh, Bret Hart versus Bob Backlund from the 1994 Survivor Series with 55 points. Just ahead of that, at number 10, oh, my man Sid beating Shawn Michaels at the 96 Survivor Series. And then right next to that at nine is Bret Hart versus Diesel from the year before at Survivor Series. Uh, both of those are tied, but we went with Bret. Uh, Bret's win have a little more significant or more importance. Number eight, WrestleMania 10, Bret Hart winning the title from Yokozuna with Number points. seven is the ultimate challenge from WrestleMania 6, Hogan versus Warrior, 67 points. And tied with that is mm-hmm. uh, WrestleMania 4's main event, Randy Savage winning the title from Ted DiBiase. I don't think anyone you would think that nope. coming into this project at all. Uh, number five, and entering our top five now, Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage from WrestleMania 5 with 69. Very nice points. <laughs> uh, number four, uh, Randy Savage uh, beating Ric Flair at WrestleMania 8 with 72 points. Number three, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant on the main event. February 88 with 75 points. Mm. Number two, Hulk Hogan uh, winning the title from the Iron Sheik, January 1984 MSG. And number one, the 1992 Royal Rumble match, 78 points. Yeah. So it's interesting that our top nine uh, shows are separated by 15 points. Yep. Excuse me, our top eight. Like, you know, and then uh, there's a lot of little gluts, which I think is really cool. So it's like the show we talked about today, like it's in a glut with like, I would say from like 12 to um, 12 to like 22. They're all within 10 points of each other kind of thing. So I'd say it's like, uh, I don't know, slightly above average in terms of our rankings for this. And it shows you, too, like, it can be a great match, but it needs the whole package. So, I mean, this is arguably one of the best matches if you watch for this project. <laughs> if you, like, average our grades out, it's pretty high. Um, but the other it's stuff third. just... Right. Third. So, yeah, third highest match. I mean, so you would think it would finish much higher, but it's just the significance, the importance, all that just is so weak with it because the follow-up is really just non-existent. I'm curious if they don't do the title change the next night, 
And they do it like at Mania or something. Like you get an extra month of build. Like how much? Right. You know that shifts this for us, but right. Well, with Brett winning, yeah. Well, I guess it depends on what that match is, too, right? Right. Right. All right, that'll do it. Hopefully, everyone enjoyed uh, this continued journey. You and I always have a pretty fun time going through these. So we're here every other week, uh, every other Saturday with No Holes Barred. In two weeks, we'll be back with our top 10 of the Greatest Good. 3D Wrestler Ever Project reveal. And then in December, we'll be revealing our new list that we're submitting into uh, the project itself. So we'll find a look at it as soon as I yep. that. So we're getting there. And then a month from now, we will get to our next uh, installment of this project. And it'll be two matches. It'll be the bookend of the next on a Raw and then WrestleMania 13. So that should be fun. Can't wait. Can't wait to watch Undertaker see it again. All right. Dookie's Drop. Check out everything in the North-South Connection. We appreciate you. We love you. Thank you. Arms long to hold you